Amen. Well, good morning. It is very, very good to be back. I literally stepped in the door and had a group of men give me a hard time as soon as I walked in the door. It was just like I hadn't even left. It was great. It's good to be back, bro. You know, you know you're home when people just start getting at you right when you get right in the door, okay? So it's great. I'm an easy target. I love it. It's awesome. And today I'm, so, I'm just so honored to be back with you and get to share with you from the Word of God today. And today we're going to be in Romans chapter 15, if you want to go ahead and turn there. We're going to be talking about today how God's hope changes everything. And, you know, that word hope is really at the center of what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, let me ask you this question. Do you ever wake up in the morning and just think, everything is great? Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. The, the world is awesome. Do you ever wake up that way? Maybe lately you felt the weight that all of us have. I mean, things are difficult. Life is hard. Oh, also, if you are, what, what grade? If you're fourth grade and down, you don't have to worry about it because you're going to kids' crew, all right? If you're a fourth grader or uh, down to pre-K, we've got some folks heading that way. If you're a guest with us, don't worry. You will get your children back. Eventually. Out of practice. Hey, preacher, that's my bad, okay? That's my bad. I'm going to take that one. Should have known that was coming. Forgot all about it. Do you ever wake up that way, though? Just like, ah, you know what? Life is so good. I'm not worried about anything. There's no stress in my life. It's just, no, no. I mean, we all wake up and we're worried about something, right? And there's no better place to remind ourselves of how difficult life is than the news, we turn on the news, and it's like, I mean, every time I turn on the news, it's breaking news. Something bad is happening right now. That's, that's every day. What would it be like? You know, I often wonder about this. What would it be like if I turned on the news and everything was good? Wouldn't that be weird? I think actually it might look, I'll tell you what, I think it would look a little something like this. Guys, would you just, let's start that. And we'll, let's take a look at what the news might be like if it was good. Welcome to FBC Action News. I'm Michael Butler. This is my fellow anchor, Doug Matlock. Good evening. Well, breaking news. This just in. Everything is awesome. The world is doing well. In fact, when we look around the globe, as our Action News team is scanning the globe for stories, we find that everywhere you look, everyone is doing great. There have been spontaneous stories of people breaking out into song in the middle of streets. Everyone awoke this morning. There's no stress, no anxiety. The world is great. In fact, we've even achieved world peace. What a great story this is, Doug. Yeah, yeah it's great. You know, and in local news, Michael, you know, we've, we've got field correspondents out in the streets in Chickasha, and we're receiving reports of extreme joy. The residents are just, they're just so happy. In fact, we think it's, we think the cause is the puppy parades. There have been puppy parades all throughout the streets of Chickasha. Literally, people's front yards are crawling with beautiful baby puppies, and people are, are out and playing with them. In fact, they're being delivered by magical unicorns. So this is just an incredible sight that we're seeing. Uh, it's all throughout Chickasha. People are so happy. It's a truly amazing. But now let's go to Brad, our field meteorologist, and see about today's weather. Brad? Thanks, guys. Golly, it's a great day. This morning, you're going to be greeted with perfect sunshine. Today, the temperature that you like, whatever that may be, 
tonight you're going to be put to sleep by a rain a rainstorm that will be the perfect perfect volume for your needs and then it will also water your lawn for free isn't that wonderful in the morning you're going to wake up to happy little bob ross clouds and the sunrise that's almost as good as the day before if not better let me tell you i love my life i love this chair i love you guys i love everyone in this room i am just so happy back to you guys wow brad that sure is a great weather report i couldn't be any happy hey where did you get that angel do you like it it's perfect <sighs> well oh Wait, wait, hold on. This just in. I'm getting something. Oh, we have some breaking news, Michael. Looks like everyone's bank account is full. No one's worried about it. Oh, that is good news. You know, mm -hmm. the report of the, is that since inflation went through deflation, now there's elation around the world. Well, that's today's news. Join us tomorrow as we cover sports when your favorite sports team never loses again. This has been Action News. Signing off. I spent $500,000 to make that this week, so, and you know what, worth every penny. What would it be like if you, I mean, if you turn on the news and that's what you saw? I mean, it would just be, it's just hard to comprehend, right? Today it's not like that, though. We face so much brokenness and so much things, or so many things that we stress and worry about today. And today we're going to focus on, and what we're going to see in the scriptures, that God's hope changes everything. We're going to see that when we believe and trust in God, His hope changes our entire lives. We'll see that the call of God's word is to put our hope in Him and what He can do so that everything else in the world, it doesn't, we see that it doesn't bring us the hope. We see that when God's hope, when we trust in that, the Holy Spirit fills us with joy and peace so that we can have peace in the world filled with brokenness and strife. We find here in Romans 15, we're at the end of Paul's instructional aspect of the letter. And you guys have been working through Romans for a while now, and where we find ourselves today is kind of the closing point, the, 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 the point when Paul gives us a benediction. You know, at the end of the service each week, Michael, he stands up and he gives a benediction and he, he sends out the congregation into the world. And this is what Paul is doing with this letter. He's, this is his, his kind of wrap-up thought to send the Romans out so that they can live out what they have been learning through him through the letter. And it's, it's all worked up to this point. When we've seen from the beginning of the book how Paul lays out the sinfulness of man and our need for a Savior, how we can't do that on our own. It only comes through faith. And when we, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we trust in him, then he brings salvation to us. And we have a new life that we live in the spirit. And we follow the spirit through uh, living our new life in him and through the circumstances that we face. And then as we work through our lives, as we live our lives, we live our lives to the Lord, even in the midst of a society that doesn't accept us or who or what we believe in. 
And then Paul, he starts to wrap up by saying, now serve one another, now live out what you are learning. And this is where we find ourselves today. It's all led to this. So let's look at these verses together and see how God's hope changes everything. We're going to be in 15 again, verses 8 through 13. Let's read that together. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples extol him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. And here is Paul's benediction. Here is the focus of what we're going to look at today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The first thing that we see today from this passage is that God's hope changes the way that we see. God's hope changes the way that we see. Paul is writing these verses and he's talking about how there's been this plan. He's talking about how Jesus came and served the people of Israel to confirm the promises of God. And then he starts to go on and talk about the Gentiles. So that then the Gentiles will praise the Lord. And what Paul is referring to here is this covenant that he made long ago with Abraham. If you would look in Genesis chapter 2, there's some verses that show us this covenant, this promise that God made to Abraham right after God had asked Abraham to take his only son Isaac up on the mountain as a sacrifice. And Abraham did this, and he was getting ready to do this. He was prepared to sacrifice his one and only son to God when God stopped him and said, Abraham, don't do this. I see your faith. You have trusted in me, and I'm now going to use you. Now, look at this here. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 15, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. God makes this promise to Abraham that because he had faith in him, he was going to use Abraham and his whole lineage to bless the world. And we find this promise, this promise finds itself fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus brings righteousness to the world. He brings us a way to to be restored to God. And when Jesus does that, then he equips the disciples, He, he starts the church, and the church continues that mission into the world. And this is where Paul is bringing the Romans into their mission is so that they can understand that they are now continuing this promise of God to bless the world. And he wants them to see that God is faithful in his promise. God has had a plan the whole time. He's not surprised. He's not just been winging it. But since the beginning, God has been faithful and he he keeps his promises. 
He's not surprised by the sin that's in the world. He's not surprised by how difficult things are. But he wants us to see that God is who he says he is. And, you know, th- this, the skit that we did, um, it's fun to imagine what life might be like if everything was just fine. But it's not. Honestly, we can get caught up in a lie, too, that we think because we're members of a church and because we're following Jesus that we need to act like this, that we need to act like nothing's wrong and everything's fine. But what God is really calling us to do is to remember that He is faithful, to see His hope, so that when we face the difficult circumstances in life, when we see the bad news, that we can trust in Him because He is who He says He is. He never lets us down. He has never, ever broken a promise. We don't have to be naive. We don't have to act like, hey, you know what? You know, I'm, I need to be smiling all the time, and I don't need to be worried about anything, and, and I don't need to, 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 to feel bad about the way things are. It's, it's not that God doesn't want us to be happy. He doesn't, God, even uh, through what Jesus said, doesn't want us to worry, but still we do. We experience that. But what God's faithfulness does, what His hope does, is it helps us to see the truth in the midst of all of that brokenness, to see God working. When we see the economy crashing and inflation going through the roof, we can trust in God's provision in our lives. When we see war around the world, we have faith in God's providential power in all circumstances, and it breaks our heart to see that conflict. When we see tragedy fall on ourselves or others, we find, way to sh- we find ways to share burdens. We find ways to, to help people through those times. And I could keep going on and on, but God's hope changes the way that we see. We are not naive to brokenness, but we see it differently. Now, let me be honest. This is not easy. It's not easy to see God's hope in the midst of so many broken things. Especially if you're the one walking through the brokenness. If you're the one walking through the time that you think, I can't make it. I can't get through this. There's no way I can do it. And you know what? Honestly, that's true. There's no way I can do it. There's no way you can do it. Sure, we may be able to make it through a few things. We may be able to, to toughen up and, and get through some circumstances, but in the end, we can't do it. But what God's Word is telling us is that that's all right because it's the Holy Spirit working through us that gives us the power to see like God sees. It gives us the power to see God's hope and to have that peace in our lives. So as we think about this, we have to understand that we must listen to the Holy Spirit day after day so that, so that God's hope will overflow in us and change how we see. Because we cannot do it on our own. It has to be the Holy Spirit working in us. This is why when we talk about being in a Sunday school class or a small group, when we talk about studying our Bible, when we talk about praying every day, this is why it's so important. It's because we are bombarded. Our hearts, our minds, our ears, we're bombarded with noise all the time. Many of us are being discipled by the 24-hour news cycle. Many of us are being discipled by the things that we see on Facebook or Twitter. Many of us are being discipled by the people around us. But instead, what God's Word calls us to do is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, to listen to Him every day. We must must lean into Him and 
pursue Him, pursue a relationship with Him so that we can hear from Him and really have the hope of God in our lives. We must listen to Him so He can pour into us. The second thing that we see today is that God's hope changes the way that we serve. So God's hope changes the way that we see, but God's hope also changes the way that we serve. When we see things differently, when we see God's hope in the world, we also begin to serve others in a new way. And and again, in the the verses that you would have read last week, and what Paul is doing here is he's instructing the Romans how to live out the gospel in their everyday lives, how to serve one another, how to show people what they believe. Verse 8 specifically talks about, in this passage, about how Jesus came to serve about how he came to serve, serve to, sh- to show the promises of God. This was, all, again, all part of the plan to bless the whole world, and Jesus was the crux of it. He was the Messiah that would bring the good news to God's people, and they would take it to the rest of the world. And Christ was the ultimate servant. He showed us the ultimate act of service on the cross. His service and his life testified to the promises of God being fulfilled, which brought hope to both Jew and and Gentile. The example of Jesus, it shows us what to do. It shows us that we do more than just speak words, but we also live it out. And I think about this a lot when Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples. The ultimate act of service. You have Jesus who is the Son of God, sinless, and he takes off his outer garment He's upstairs with the disciples. I'm sure their feet are not nice. They're probably really gross because that's how it was back then. You walked, your feet walked through many things that I won't mention here because we're going to keep it clean. But they walked through a lot of things and their, their feet were gross and filthy. And Jesus bends down and he gets some water and he washes their feet. Not only does he wash their feet, but he washes the feet of the man who has already betrayed him, who's already signed his death sentence. And Jesus does that. It's the ultimate act of service. He shows us what it's like. And if Jesus, if Jesus washed the feet of the worst of sinners, what can you and I do to serve those people around us? And I'll say it again, this is not something we can do on our own, because it's hard. It's hard to serve others and especially those people who we maybe don't think deserve it. It's hard to do that on our own. It's only through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit that we can serve in such a way that people see the gospel through our lives. They see the hope of God through how we live. We must let the power of the Holy Spirit energize our passion to serve others so that we can share the hope of God. Now, there's a story that I love to share. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is one of my favorite holidays just because, you guys know, I love all things Irish. And his story is incredible, though. You know, Patrick, was, he was a real person. He wasn't a leprechaun. Um, and neither am I. I hope you remember that. So, um, but Patrick was, he was a Roman. He was actually a Roman living in Britain around 400 A.D. And he and his family were living up there, and they were Christians. You know, he was, he was baptized into the church, Uh, He knew a lot of the right answers, but his faith was nominal at best. It was more cultural than anything else. When Patrick was young, he was actually kidnapped 
by Irish pirates. And I bet you didn't even know Ireland had pirates. Well, they did. He was kidnapped by Irish pirates, and he was taken to Ireland, which was a rough, rough place. It was full of uh, tribes and pagan kings. But he was kidnapped as a sheep herder, and uh, Patrick spent his days uh, enslaved herding sheep. And it was there in the fields of Ireland when he would look up at night when he was out with the sheep all by himself, and he would begin to remember the Scriptures. And he began to pray to God in a real way. And it was there that the Holy Spirit started to work in him and change his heart. After a few years went by, Patrick found his way off the island. The Holy Spirit helped him find a way off of the island of Ireland. He went back home, but he was a changed man. He wasn't the same anymore. And he felt the call to go back, to go back to the people that had kidnapped him and enslaved him. And he went back and he took the gospel with him. And when he did that, slowly but surely, the, the island of Ireland began to believe in the gospel and it changed it forever. That's what it's like when God's hope changes the way that we serve, is we act differently because God has changed us. So, God's hope changes the way that we see, God's hope changes the way that we serve, and finally we see that God's hope changes the way that we share. As we see life differently through the lens of God's hope, and as we show this to others by how we serve them, we start to have opportunities then to tell people about this hope. We start to have opportunities to share about the hope of God. And, you know, and Paul mentions this in, in verse 13 in this benediction here in this passage when he says that so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. He uses this word very intentionally. This word abound, it's it's also, it can also be used uh, or translated in this uh, idea of overflowing. So they may, you may overflow with hope. Your Bible may say that too, but um, Paul is very intentional in using that word because his, his, his heart, his, his prayer for the Romans is so that, that the Holy Spirit would fill them so much that it would spill out of them onto others. It would overflow into the lives of others. And it changes the way that we serve when we are being filled with the Holy Spirit like this. When we are experiencing the hope of God, it changes how we tell people about it. And Paul is being intentional in that too because he wants them to have an experience to share and not just a presentation. And there's so much in our world, there's so many things that that we're trying to be sold as well. There's so many aspects of society that, that they're, they're trying to get us to believe that you need to buy this, and, and this is why, and they, they learn a presentation. And if you've ever been with a salesperson, you understand that you know, they learn a presentation, they learn a pitch to try and get you to buy something. But sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus, it's not a pitch that we learn. It's not a sales pitch, it's not a presentation. If it is, then it's very shallow, but that's all it is for us. But God wants for us, He wants us to share out of the overflow, the, the abounding hope that we find from the Holy Spirit. People want to know. People around us, they want to know that what we are saying is true and authentic. And more and more, that's what people are searching for. When they're searching for something that will fill them, something that will satisfy the deep longing in their heart, and when we tell them that Jesus is that, they want to know that's true. They want to know more than just like, oh, well, you say that, but how does that really work? What does that really mean to you? 
We must share the gospel and the hope of God through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. You've probably experienced this before. If you've ever been to a restaurant, this is something that, uh, like, Courtney and I love to do this. We love to go find, like, good restaurants and, and uh, like, just try different dishes, and, and it's just something we like to do. But often when we go in these restaurants, we'll ask the waiter or waitress, what's your favorite thing? What do you like? What do you recommend? And you can always tell when someone eats the food where they work, because they can tell you what it's like. Now, some people learn, you know, well, this is, you know, this is our sea bass that has some capers on it, and there's some green beans, and, you know, and, and they, can, they can tell you what they're trying to sell you on. But the people that have eaten it, they can, they, they can tell you what it tastes like. They can tell you if it's good or bad. They can say, honestly, I don't like this, but you would love this. You know it's different, right? If someone's trying to sell you a car, you know if, if they've, they, they can learn the spec sheet. They can know what's inside under the hood, but maybe they haven't driven it. You can tell when someone just loves it. They can tell you all about it because they've experienced it. It's different like that. It's different when we experience the hope of God in our lives and we share about it from how he's working in our hearts. We move from a presentation of the gospel to a gospel conversation. Something that we genuinely care about. As we close today, this incredible benediction, this verse 13, it's all kind of rooted in this phrase in the middle. If you just read that again with me, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the power of the Holy Spirit so, excuse me, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. That phrase in the middle, in believing, it also can be translated as you believe. This continual action of believing. As you put your trust in God, may you be filled with joy and peace. That's the key of what we're talking about today. God's hope changes everything. We've got to believe that. And my challenge for you this morning is, do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Many of us know that. Many of us have heard that. But do you really believe it? And are you trying to do that on your own? Or are you letting the power of the Holy Spirit bring you to the hope of God? That's our challenge today. And we're going to have a moment when you have a chance to respond to what God may be calling you to do. And I want to ask you that question, do you really believe that? Today you may be here and maybe you have given your life to Christ. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. But it's been a long time since you believed in the hope of God and what God does in your life. And I know that there are people even in this room today who are walking through some dark times, who are walking through the valley. And it's hard to believe in God's hope. And I feel that pressure, too, in my life. I wake up with the pressure of trying to provide for my family, with making sure my kids are safe and I'm, I'm leading them to be women of God. I feel that as a husband and a father. I know it's hard, and there's days when I just forget, when I just... Don't remember what God's done. Maybe that's you today. And you need to take some time and just ask the Holy Spirit, 
just to remind you, to help you believe. I don't know how many times in my life I think of that verse of the man that come up to Jesus, and Jesus said, you know, if you believe that anything's possible, and he says, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Maybe that's your prayer this morning. But maybe you're also here today, and you've never really believed in Jesus as the Son of God. You've never put your faith and your trust in Him. Maybe you've been to church for a while. Maybe you grew up knowing about God, and you're just trying to do your best. But you've never really believed and put your faith in the one, the only one, who can truly save you and make you whole. Well, today, you'll have an opportunity to pray and do that. So I'm going to invite you to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to say a word of prayer. A few of us will be down here at the front. We can pray with you. Maybe you, can, uh, you're, you just want to sit there and pray. Maybe God wants to work on you there. But we're going to give you a chance to respond. We're going to sing a song of response and spend some time worshiping the Lord. But if God is calling you to believe, if he's trying to help you remember, don't say no. But may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that the power of the Holy Spirit so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for all you've given us. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for giving us a reason to be here, to celebrate, to sing. Thank you for giving us something to remember and to look towards when there's nothing else left. Help us to believe in you. Help us to trust in you. And God, may the hearts of those here today, I pray that if someone's here today and they've never given their lives to you, God, may you just, may your spirit call them today to do that. In your name, amen. Let's stand.